In 2012, Dr. Ryan St. Clair of the Cornell Medical College diagnosed the likely outcome of injuries sustained by two antagonists in a popular 1990 film. An iron dropped on one's head, for instance, should have caused a, quote, blowout fracture leading to serious disfigurement and debilitating double vision if not repaired properly, unquote. Concerning point-blank exposure to a blowtorch, he wrote that the skin and bone tissue would be so damaged and rotted that the skull bone would essentially die and would likely require a full transplant. And grabbing a red-hot doorknob would, quote, certainly cause third-degree burns and could result in the victim losing his hand completely. The movie Dr. St. Clair was examining was not an R-rated horror flick, only meant for the strong of stomach. Instead, it was a Christmas movie starring a child and made for families. It lasted 12 weeks at number one and eventually became not only that year's top moneymaker, but the third highest grossing film of all time and a lasting and indelible holiday classic. But does it hold up, even after dozens of viewings, hundreds of internet think pieces, and countless copycats that never quite struck the same balance between comedy, plot, character, music, and, most tricky of all, graphic violence? We're the two gomers, we're talking Home Alone, and this is Perfect Movie. Welcome, everybody, to Perfect Movie, a podcast about two regular guys who went from couch to marathon, and now they're making their way back to the couch again. This is Anthony speaking, one of those two aforementioned gomers coming to you from Atlanta, Georgia, with my friend Stephen, all the way out in Flagstaff, Arizona. Merry Christmas, you filthy animal. Wait, he doesn't say <laughs> that. Christmas. Wait, that's that's in Home Alone 2. Oh, yes. Oh, Oops. Dude, we're already messing it up. Shoot. <laughs> it's keep the change, you filthy animal, in Home Alone 1. There you go. What is that movie called? Angels with Dirty Souls. Mm-hmm. And then mm-hmm. uh, he says, Merry Christmas, you filthy animal, and angels with even dirtier souls. That's right. <laughs> um, my apologies. Totally. So, my apologies. Nope. All good. Actually, <laughs> that goes good into this disclaimer that we want to put at the very top. Yeah. Um, which we're so pumped about this movie. We've been talking about it for weeks. Um, I just played it with orchestra a couple times. Yeah. Like, it's just... We have so much to talk about and we're so excited about it, but I wanted to just like relieve a little bit of the tension right off the top. Okay. And say we're not gonna we're not gonna be able to get it all in. Right. I was thinking maybe we need to have an annual home alone okay. episode <laughs> to get it all yes. in. We were ta- we were texting last night, like, do we do a bonus episode for the hour right. of material we're gonna have to cut? <laughs> right, right. Like, but I think it's better <laughs> to just relax. We're not gonna get to it all. Um we're just gonna have fun. Okay. Yep. That said, love it. It's a huge deal. It, and he, it, it is a huge deal. We want to get it right. <laughs> we we, we want to get it. It needs to be a perfect episode of this podcast. This has to be a perfect episode. But in the words of Kevin McAllister, yes, this is it. Don't get scared now. This is it. Don't get scared now. A great quote. <laughs> <laughs> Does he? Is he like he's spiking the camera at that point? Right? Is he looking right through the barrel of the camera? I don't think I don't does. Okay, he does look at the camera, which is a John Hughes trope. Yep. Quite a few times in this. There's even that eyebrow waggle, right? Mm. 
No, no, no. Wait, is that in this or is that in two? Oh, no. I made my family disappear. <laughs> and he looks right at waggle, waggle those eyebrows. Right. I think it's I think it's in both. We'll have to watch it okay. again. Yeah. Uh, see, the, the main one I'm thinking of is my family's in Florida and I'm in New York. And then that's and then it's the eyebrows that I used to give my seven year old sister. That like drove her mad. I was just like, gonna say <laughs> she must have loved that. <laughs> like like if I would get shotgun, like mm-hmm. I'd call shotgun and then just look at her with those eyebrows. Like you, you turn around in your seat and waggle your eyebrows at her. Oh yeah! Wow, <laughs> Kevin McAllister style. Um, Man, that is super mean. I'm sorry, Mia. Here's another reason why it's a huge deal. Not only is it one okay. of our favorite movies, I would say yep. I. Re- I kind of tease this in Jurassic Park episode. I think it's the movie I've seen the most in my life. Totally. The the most amount of times. Mm -hmm. It's also the first movie that we're going to review that both of us were in the same theater at the same time watching. Wow. I did not think about that. I knew that we had seen it. I didn't think about the fact that we were in the same theater, dude. What? Now, wait, wait, I'm going to blow your mind one more time. Okay. I think it's the first movie, period, that you and I ever saw in the theater at the same time. <laughs> That's incredible. Um, wow. So, because you were in sixth grade and I was in seventh. Yep. Uh-huh. And our school did this strange thing. Right. Now, you're going to have to help me remember how this worked. It was called the okay. Plus Program, right? Yep. Yep. And you got in it because you were good? No, okay, so here's how it worked. Yeah. Every semester, you had to get a certain amount of your teachers to um, recommend you for the PLUS program. And if you got, like, let's say, four out of seven. Okay. You know, so they've got a class list, and they just check off people that you know, were caught being good. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what the, that's that's right. You got caught you being good coupons. Yep. <laughs> and then you would cash those in. And at the end of the right. semester, uh, you could go to uh, a movie at the theater with other people who had been caught being good. Right. So, no, I don't think they're actually related. But oh, because I think that could those could have been used for pizza or something like that. <laughs> I see. Like, I just. OK, I remember, dude, uh-huh. going to Mr. Kurth. Okay? Yeah, sure. And being like, hey, like, I know, like, I, I was like, I know I have, like, four votes, and I need, like, five. Okay. Um, did you by any chance... <laughs> catch me being like, good. I had to go groveling. <laughs> yeah, did you catch me being good? Did you put me on the plus? And he was like, of course. Oh, great. Phew. Um, so, and then here's the thing. If you got on the plus program three semesters in a row, then you go to Great America, Six Flags. Right. Okay. I remember. So, it was a big deal. A very big deal. Um, so 1990, mm-hmm. the, the the semester prize. Future Anthony here. Hey, anytime we just said semester, we meant quarter. Sorry about that. That's for you, Chad. I'm sure you were thinking that same thing. <laughs> Was you got to go yep. to a movie. Yes. Home Alone comes out. Right. It must have been December at some at, sometime in December. They pack up all the kids in buses, 6th, 7th, and 8th graders, bring them to the theater. So, we can't actually say that we saw this movie together, because I don't think we knew one another. Yeah, I was sitting next to Chad. We didn't know each other yet. You and I didn't. Right. Right. 
Um, so we saw it in the same theater at the same time, but not together. That's incredible. Wow. <laughs> so plus program full on good boys going in there watching home alone. I think yep. so. Here's the thing. When you were in eighth grade, was the plus program movie home alone two? Yes. So it was home alone. And then do you remember the next one? I was going to ask you if you remembered another Macaulay Culkin movie, right? Yep. Um, my wait, girl. I think of the name of it. My girl. There you go. Yep. Oh man. Me and hack were such D bags in that movie because we laughed when Macaulay Culkin died of bee stings. <laughs> Oh we laughed really loud and the girls in front of us are crying and they got real mad. Oh man, that is so mean. It was you like, were those eighth grade, yeah, upperclassmen. Exa- well, I was in seventh grade. Or, oh, no, no, eighth grade. My girl. You're right. Yeah, because yeah. I missed Home Alone 2 because I was in ninth grade and couldn't be in the plus right. program anymore. Just stupid high school. Right. You don't get caught you being good coupons anymore. You just have to be good <laughs> on your own. Stupid. <laughs> yep. So I think me and uh, Hack were laughing because we thought Macaulay Culkin was uh, annoying, an annoying little kid. Mm. We didn't like him. And when he died, we Mm -hmm. laughed, even though he died of these things. What a horrible death. Now I look back at myself and that's a real regret in my life because I think now I think Macaulay Culkin's just great. Why was I annoyed with him? (laughs) Oh, man. Um, So I wonder why they didn't bring us to the good son. (laughs) <laughs> Wait, which son does she choose it's him and elijah wood right yes and yep. and macaulay culkin is bad right like he like uh shoots people with bb guns and also i remember he throws like a uh like a man-sized dummy off of a bridge onto a highway and causes a huge accident yeah. and then what i remember is that at the end the mom is holding <laughs> Like, both boys are falling off a cliff. Have you seen this movie? Dude, I haven't. I feel bad because I'm, like, laughing and stuff. I actually haven't even seen it. Okay. In my memory, she's holding on to Elijah Wood and Macaulay Culkin, one by each hand, Uh and she has to choose which one dies. Spoiler alert, dude. I won't tell you who dies. Okay. I'm guessing she chooses the good son. Right. I think Elijah, Elijah Wood lives to become Frodo someday. Okay. Wow. What? Yeah. What if Macaulay had lived and he became Frodo? Wow. What a world that would be. Yeah. If she had chose hmm. Macaulay Culkin in the good son, it'd be a much different world. Yep. And um, I mean, that was part of the whole reason that he was in that movie. That's the only reason I know about that movie is okay. like his parents wanted to like, you know, show that he has different sides as an actor. Ugh, his parents. Give me a right. break with those Macaulay Culkin parents. Yep. I, dude, like if we used to say, right, if they did like Home Alone 4, yeah. it should be Noah, your son. Right. Now he's too old. Right. Well, but he could do something else. Yeah. Um, And he will do something else. <laughs> Just won't <laughs> right. be Home Alone kid. And I'll, st- I'll always be disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> but, what if they did it with Lily? Yeah. She would be incredible. If she did the next Home Alone, like the Disney one. She's the right age. If they got John Williams. Yeah. Um, Yeah. So gender swap yeah. that thing. Ghostbusters style. Totally. That's probably what they will do. That'd be good. Yeah. It's That's probably a pretty good guess. They probably will have a girl instead of a guy. Right. Oh, but that's what I was going to say about it, though, was mm-hmm. that they took his money. Um, Like 
we, we don't need to get, get into all that. All I'm saying is like if Noah or mm-hmm. Lily or Jack or Isla were to do something like this, I'd be like, that's your money. Right. Right. Like, and well, okay. We wouldn't just like, <laughs> here, millions of here you like, go. <laughs> right. I don't mean it like that. <laughs> but like, I'm not going to build my retirement off of that. Right. Which you know is what, what I mean? they like, they literally just stole his money, just took it from right. him. Right. So like when you worked at McDonald's, uh huh. Like your parents didn't take that money. That was your money, yo. I I'm keeping that four twenty five an hour. Yeah, like I get that free QPC. <laughs> <laughs> well, half price. Right. Oh, that's it, it. Was we would get a full meal if it was five hours or over, but there were all these rules because I was only fourteen. Fourteen. Oh. Wow. And so I could usually only worked four hour shifts, so I only got a half half price off my meal. But it was still like I had struck gold, dude. <laughs> totally. <laughs> now, um, you just if you have a picture of you with McDonald's uniform, I think we should share that on the okay on I, the Gomers. I do have a picture. It was a striped shirt. I looked like a emaciated Where's Waldo. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so this is something I've never seen, and I. It must be shared. That's one of the most embarrassing pictures ever. Okay. Home Alone. Yep. All around this time, right? Like, it's, I mean, 1990 sweet spot for us, right? We were Mm. sixth and seventh grade. So many great stuff going on. Um, Why don't I read the VHS synopsis? Great. It's one of my favorites that we've ever read. Um, First of all, there's a tagline on the top. When Kevin's family left for vacation, they forgot one minor detail, colon, Kevin! I can just imagine them saying that. Okay, here's the here's the VHS synopsis. Eight-year-old Kevin Great. McAllister, Macaulay Culkin, has become the man of the house overnight. Accidentally left behind when his family rushes off on a Christmas vacation, Kevin gets busy decorating the house for the holidays. Not true. But he's does he? He doesn't he doesn't do that till later. Okay. Um now listen to this sentence. Oh, wait, but he's not decking the halls with tinsel and holly. Here we go. Listen to this. Two bumbling burglars are trying to break in and Kevin's rigging a bewildering battery of booby traps to welcome them. (laughs) Stupid. (laughs) The all-star supporting cast includes Catherine O'Hara and John Hurd as Kevin's parents, Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern as the burglars, and John Candy as the polka king of the Midwest. Written and produced by John Hughes, in in parentheses, Uncle Buck. This madcap slapstick adventure is one of the top three box office hits of all time. <laughs> the end. <laughs> yes. Okay. So we texted about this um, because Uncle Buck is one of my favorite movies. Yeah. Um. um r- and let, let me say something about Uncle Buck. Okay. We just, we just got back Go from a Thanksgiving trip. <clears throat> yep. And uh, I asked Jessica, what'd you watch on the plane? <laughs> you said Uncle Buck. I said, "Why?" Though so I keep hearing you shouting about it from the other room while you're recording. I said, "What did you th- What did you think of Uncle Buck?" Now this is interesting. She said, "Yeah, it's like Home Alone, but not funny and cold." <laughs> wow, that is good. And I was like, "Wow." She said, "The kids huh. are ten times as mean." Yep. She's got she's got that right. And there's just totally. no there's no none of the warmth of Home Alone. Huh. 
And I'm wondering if that's because it's not a Christmas movie or they didn't, or it's not, it's John Hughes instead of Chris Columbus, who is a colder director. Right. Yep, so totally. Um, I was like, I got to tell Anthony about this. So I forgot about it that until just now. Incredible. Yep. That's, that's amazing. Yep. Chris Columbus brings the sentiment. Yep. John Williams brings the sentiment. Oh man. I can't wait to talk about it. The house. I mean, the so, house. The, okay. Yep. I think the house and Uncle Buck is the planes trains house. Hmm. It's not the Home Alone house because it's right. white. I think it's the, I, I guess we could do research on that, but it looks like the planes trains house to me a little bit. I think it might uh-huh. be the same house. Dude, it, they're in, it's in the neighborhood next to this neighborhood is my guess. Okay. Like yeah. the one right before it. This is the upgraded neighborhood. Right. Like this, this is. And I think they're all in Evanston. Okay. Illinois, which okay. I applied. I thought for. it was Willamette or something. Oh, it might be. I applied for college in Evanston and didn't get in, but my girlfriend. Oh did. yeah, <laughs> Northwestern. Yep. Uh-huh. I was telling some people, me, uh, uh, my girlfriend and I both applied for Northwestern. We both got the letters the same day about like oh. whether you're accepted. We're like, let's get together and read them. So I, I brought my yeah. letter, which was just like a. Oh, yep. <laughs> Just like a letter size thing. And she came and brought this yep. packet. And I was like, uh-oh. This doesn't Dang, look good. bro. So I could I could have lived in the Home Alone house town, but I didn't. Yep. Dang. I still haven't visited it. That's that's on my bucket list. Yeah. That'd be fun. Okay. Um, anything else about... Here's a couple other things I noticed about that VHS breakdown. Okay. That stupid sentence with the bumbling yep. burger, the bumbling blur. I can't even say it. Yeah. Um, and then here's the thing that I noticed that I didn't read. It's the billing order of the cast, mm. which yeah. if there's one thing I love talking about more than box office, it's billing order. Um, yeah. It's it's Macaulay Culkin top build. Yep. Joe Pesci and Daniel Stern. Who do you yep. think's fourth build? It's got to be the mom. That's what I thought it would be. It's the dad, John Hurd. Uh, and then Catherine O'Hara gets an and. And Catherine O'Hara. Mm. No mention of John Candy. I think if it was Bill today, it would have been Macaulay Culkin, top. Yep. Those, the, the, two burglar, the two burglars, Catherine O'Hara, John Hurd, and John Candy. I'm just surprised mm. he's not on the billing at all. Yeah, that is weird. Anyways, I hmm. love that VHS synopsis. I uh, yeah, my only thing about it is I wish it said they forgot one thing. What does it say? They forgot one detail? Yeah. I now they quoted the movie by saying Kevin, so Right. But it would have been great if they would have said him. Oh, that's better. When Kevin's family left for vacation, they forgot one minor detail. Him. Yes. Is a better tagline. I agree. Okay. But <laughs> Kevin is a quote of the movie and it's like one of the biggest most memorable lines from the movie right yep I still think it's funnier with him (laughs) me too (laughs) I agree all right dude so we have so much to get to let's go through this Gomer one sheet yep um okay home alone exclamation point actually I didn't write that no Lily wrote that she put a heart at the bottom of it that is hilarious okay (laughs) um release date November 10th 1990 Right. See, I think it's amazing that Verona schools 
when I was watching that documentary, the, the new Netflix one, yeah. the movies that made us, uh-huh. that they had the insight to send us to this movie because basically it looked like it was going to be a total flop. Everybody thought it would. That's why I think right? we probably didn't do the plus program trip until several weeks after this. Okay. Where yep, it had, you're right. now, now it's a runaway hit. Got it. And so they're like, what are the family movies that are in the theater right now? Well, we could send them to what? Rescuers Down Under. See, that's... I guarantee that's what we would have gone to if this was uncle buck <laughs> yeah or yeah if it had flopped if it was just like a non-starter then we would have been yep. yeah 100 percent rescuers down under and i wonder mm-hmm. even now if i would even be playing music had that happened <laughs> it's one of the most important moments wow. for me ever and we'll get to that when we get to the evidences please remind me if i forget man butterfly effect what would have happened yeah well yeah okay um 18 million dollars budget right right um warner brothers ditched it because it was getting too expensive unbelievable stupid (laughs) totally they've got to be like we're idiots yeah because what they they multiplied that by 50 oh in the final they, they worldwide gross i mean it's insane well they made it back in the first weekend right um worldwide gross 476 million dollars almost half a billion highest grossing live action comedy from 1990 to 2011 right where it was dethroned by the hangover part three uh-huh um two oscar nominations i'm amazed by this that it got oh best original score yep yeah, that's that makes sense i thought it was best original script <laughs> because you know oh. i've got the gold okay. sheet here it's a little a little scribbly <laughs> sorry you're right it does look like best original sc- yeah, best sc- nope yeah i thought Script. it was screenplay. okay got it score mm-hmm. um lost to dances with wolves good score john barry not not even like doesn't hold a this candle one yep this should no. for sure um and song nominated for a grammy uh-huh um, which is pretty amazing. Now, I didn't know this. Joe Pesci won an Oscar this year for Goodfellas. Yeah, I was thinking about that when uh, I think on this documentary too on Netflix, they were talking about how his language is so bad. Oh, yeah. That he had to like make up his own language, not to say the F-bomb. Um, right. Like, I can't think of another movie leading up to this that Joe Pesci was in where he's not just saying the F-bomb every other word. Like yep. instead of punctuation, so Goodfellas is the one I thought. Also, Raging Bull. Also, Casino. He's constantly saying the f word and putting people's heads in vices and things like that. I mean, it's not <laughs> the violence is just as bad <laughs> as this movie. <laughs> he's just not swearing this time. <laughs> right. Um, okay. Real quick. Other movies released around this time, dude. I just marked these two. Hunt for Red October. I saw you starred these. Total Recall. <laughs> No, I went I went and highlighted some other ones that are on my list. Oh, okay. So Hunt for Red October mm. is not on my list because I haven't seen it forever. It's on mine. Yep. Um Total Recall isn't either because I knew you were gonna put it on yours. And also it's super dumb. Cannot wait <laughs> to one day do a movie uh, a podcast about that. I have the Back to the Future series on my list, so Back to the Future three I highlighted. Um yep. I have Ghost on my list. Hmm. I, I truth be told, I don't think I've ever seen Ghost. Ghost is so good. Okay. Um, Tremors is on my list. 
That's a perfect little movie, dude. <laughs> and then <laughs> it's got your it's got your crush. <laughs> Ooh, baby, give me that phone number. <laughs> Do you have the LA phone book? Um and then I highlighted arachnophobia, which isn't on my list, but we have talked about when yes. we talked about this podcast before. Yes, uh, that could go if we ever did a podcast that was like perfectly terrible movie experiences for middle schoolers <laughs> that set in motion a fear of everything. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Not true, but the, the, a movie that you think about almost every day mm-hmm. 30 years later. Yeah, that's pretty good. Arachnophobia. Now, that is a pretty long name for a podcast, so I don't think we're going to be doing that yeah. one. But right. I, I, for some reason, I highlighted it. We probably will talk about that someday. But that's yep. a great, I mean, 1990, it's a great year for movies. Great year. Um, Die Hard 2 also. Mm. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 65%. Yeah, right. That's Whatever. Bad. The critic score. Um, critic score, 65 I know. Cri- yeah, audience, 80%. Mm, a little um, better. But that kind that actually kind of blew me away a little bit. That seemed pretty low. Yeah. Um, Siskel just called it a dopey comedy. Dopey. Like... John Hughes's newest dopey comedy or something like that, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, and finally, dude, just one last thing. Yeah. Top song right then was Ice Ice Baby. Oh, wow. Ice Ice Baby. Yeah, I remember. Um, I can't remember the kid's name. Lip syncing Ice Ice Baby for the talent show that year. Oh, yeah. Yep. I just know that that's one of the first CDs I had. You had a vanilla ice CD? I had that CD. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> um, so big, big I don't packaging, know. tall packaging. Do you know what I mean? Like the CD yep. and then also the box. Yep. Record Town. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Town Mall. Awesome. Sam Goody. Where was Sam Goody? Don't know. <laughs> I think that was in East Town. There you go. Yeah. Okay. Um, I bought Nirvana there. All right, so um, <laughs> we, we're going to listen to the trailer. This trailer is amazing. Yep. Okay, uh, and then we'll come back. We're going to put Home Alone on trial. We're going to see if it's a perfect movie. Where are you going? We're going to miss a plane. When the McAllister family left on their Christmas vacation. Did we miss the plane? <laughs> no, you just made it. Yeah! They forgot one small thing. I've had a terrible feeling. Did you lock up? Yeah. Do we set the timers on the lights? Mm-hmm. What else could we be forgetting? Kevin! Home alone. Police in the northern suburbs are on the lookout for a pair of burglars who are calling themselves the Wet Bandits. We know that you're in there. It's Santa Claus. And it's Elf. Get off my property. This is my house. I have to defend it. Where's your mother? My mom's in the car. Where's your father? He's at work. What about your brothers and sisters? I'm an only child. Where do you live? Can't tell you that. Why not? Because you're a stranger. He's a kid. I mean, what can a kid do to us? Kids are stupid. I know I was. You still are, Mark. This is it. If I have to get out on your runway and hitchhike, I am going to get home to my son. Yes! Where are you, you little creep? I'm gonna kill that kid! Why'd you take your shoes off? Why do you dress like a chicken? 
Gus Polinski, Polka King of the Midwest. If you have to get to Chicago, we'll gladly drive you. Hey, guys. Yesterday, he was just a kid. But tonight, he's a home security system. You guys give up or you're thirsty for more? From John Hughes. You know, I got a feeling this is going to be your best Christmas ever. A family comedy without the family. Home Alone. Are you here all alone? I'm eight years old. You think I'd be here alone? I don't think so. Hey, how's it going? This is Sergeant Bozak. So you're saying you want me to go to your house just to check on him? <laughs> yes! This is, uh, the trial. <laughs> so that's the most insane one that you've ever done. You let uh, never mind. Oh, and I see that you're drinking a special drink. Dude, is yours open? I'll open it right now. Okay, so we've got cinnamon coke. Normally I've got lacroix here. Have you tried this before? Is this your first sip? No, this is we we got it out. We got it for Thanksgiving. Okay. What do you think? Dude, I love it. Yes. I love cinnamon coke. Now, I couldn't drink it in the summer. No. There's no way I could drink this in the summer. No way. Um, but dude, like th- th- this is a revelation. This, this is, is it, Christmas. It is, it is the Christmas what? Yes. The Christmasiest coke I've ever had. Yep. Yep. Charlie Young Brown Mers. is the Charlie Browniest. Mhm. This is the, the Christmasiest Christmasiest <laughs> coke imaginable all right well we're gonna be enjoying our cinnamon cokes um we should talk about that trailer real quick a great trailer okay yeah so a couple things yeah they totally use different cuts in the movie in that yep um the first line is like we're gonna be late for the plane which never happens right Right. but even when she um when Catherine o'hara is talking it's a different take Oh, I didn't notice that. It's a totally different take. There's a couple times where they use different takes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the the guy at the supermarket, like her supervisor. So they've completely changed that scene. Not the dialogue. Yep. They just yep, decided, exactly. like, we don't like that guy. And so now it's mm-hmm. all the checkout clerk interacting with yep. him in the final cut. But I was noticing that when it cuts to him in the trailer and he's responding, I think that's the those are the takes that they use. Okay. Macaulay Culkin, I mean. When his yeah, dialogue yeah, yeah. is what we see in the movie, but then we cut to a different <laughs> a, a different scene that he's looking at. Right. Okay, so I my my theory on that one is that maybe there's a cut scene where she's like, I'm gonna get my supervisor over here uh-huh. because there's a kid that's here by himself because right. why other why else is that guy there i don't know but you're probably Maybe he's right. the bagger and and to save some to cut some time out they just said just do it all i feel sorry for that mm-hmm. guy though dude he mm. thought he was in home alone totally he wasn't actually he thought he was in a really crappy movie well there you go that's true what i'm saying <laughs> is that what then he was like wait a minute it made half a billion dollars wait. it's the third highest grossing movie behind star wars and et <laughs> <laughs> right. Hey, mom, let's go watch my scene. <laughs> he's sitting there. He's not in it. Just getting. He's just getting sweaty. Oh man. Right. Poor guy. 
Dang, poor dude. All right. Um, and I also like in the trailer that there's a voiceover, which is just a lost yes. art. Totally. That guy. That guy. Yep. I, mm. Yeah. R.I.P. He's that awesome. guy. Yep. And music was not good. Yep. I mean, it was good, but it wasn't the score. That's right. more what I mean. Exactly. Um, and that's probably the last we're going to be talking about the score. <laughs> yeah, we won't be mentioning music at all. My bassoon is not out <laughs> sitting right next to me, and I don't have my part for Home Alone sitting in front of me also. Your reeds are not soaking. Right. And I don't have um, a uh, LaCroix ready so that I can rinse out my mouth before I play those reeds that aren't out. Right. You don't want cinnamon coke in those reeds. Right. No. Okay. So we're about to put Home Alone on trial. Home Alone is a movie that we love. That's an understatement. Yep. We very much love Home Alone. We have been tasked as its defense team to present evidence to attempt to prove mm-hmm. to each other and to you, listener, that it is actually perfect. Mm. That's the conceit of the podcast. Perfect movie. Home Alone, we are positing, mm-hmm. is a perfect movie. When we're done with that, it's in your hands, listeners. Well, sort of. It's in a, one of the three hands is yours. Right. <laughs> right. Um, you get to act as judge, jury, and possibly executioner, just like we do. We're going to vote on whether Home Alone is a perfect movie and deserves to be on V'ger on a flash drive to show to the aliens. <laughs> now, just one more disclaimer. We're, we've kind of been messing around a little bit with different structures, right? Yep. Right. Um, p- people have been listening. We've done one structure where we actually go through the movie, kind of the whole plot. And then also yep. we tried like in our um, Planes, Trains episode to just do, just, just present the evidence. We're going to do that for Home Alone, right? Right. We don't need to talk through this one. Everybody knows it. It's so familiar. If you haven't seen it. Yeah. I don't know why you're listening to this. <laughs> Go see it. Oh, I guarantee there are people listening to this that haven't seen it. They just like us. Okay. Good point. Fair point. But we have noticed a significant drop in listenership when it's some when some movie like Jurassic Park right. versus Arrival, a movie right. that everyone has seen versus a movie uh-huh. that not everyone has seen. So right. <clears throat> we better behave on this one because I think it's going to get a lot of listens. Okay, good. I have I don't have my bassoon out. Um, <laughs> okay. Hey, you know what you forgot to say was all rise. All rise. Home Alone stands accused of being a perfect movie. Okay. Here we are in the courtroom. <laughs> As sixth and seventh graders <laughs> watching this movie for the first time. Now, I don't remember there being any girlfriends things happening here. It was purely nope. like having fun with the dudes. Maybe this is one of the last. So it's the first one we went to mm-hmm. in the same theater. Maybe it's you know starting to be the last ones where there was zero thought of a girl, <laughs> right? Right. Like I we agree. still sat guys and girls. Yes, it is not a ski lift situation where right. either you or I we can't remember. <laughs> yep. Had a girl that you had a crush on, or I did. I don't remember if it was you or me. <laughs> In the ski lift in front of us making out with a with a different guy. Yep. Uh, that was me, but it may have... I, I know it was me, but it may have also been you. Yeah, quite likely. I think it was every 8th, ninth, and 10th grader that went to ski club. <laughs> Except for that guy. <laughs> he was the one guy. 
what did that guy do to deserve that? Um, so, but uh-huh. Home Alone, it was just purely me and Macaulay. Yep. yep. Enjoying it. Okay. So I'm going to uh, present my first evidence. Exhibit A. I'm going to start. Okay. Is that all right? Great. Exhibit A is the fact that everything that's set up in the first 20 minutes of this movie pays off. Mm. I, th- okay. I think this has to do with the writing, but probably also the directing. I feel like Chris yeah. Columbus is kind of king of you see a gun in the first act. It goes off in the third. Right. Like he yep. there's, there's no wasted. Uh, there's no wasted imagery. And I think that's right. why. When you hear about Home Alone, you're like, they left their kid at home. That would right. never happen. Uh huh. And then when you watch the movie, you're like. They did it. Right. There's so much clever setup. The thing yeah. that I think in particular about is when they throw away the tickets. Genius. Totally. Yep. So his Fuller, is that his cousin's name? Yep. His actual brother in real life. <laughs> right. Kieran Culkin spills the Pepsi uh-huh. on the plane tickets. They throw yep. all of the plane. Oh, no. They're wiping it up and they mm-hmm. throw one of they throw one plane ticket away. Yep. And so uh when they're when the gate agent is counting the tickets later you can remember back that was set up in the first yep 20 minutes. Th- there's just so much I, I, it's so weird to think about Home Alone being a well-written movie cuz I think most people think about those last 20 minutes. Right the violence that I talked about in my cold open. Yeah. But the first 20 minutes are so good. Dude. It Like, okay. Only negative of the first, first, uh, 20 minutes, 10 minutes, whatever. Yeah. Um, that Aaron thought this last time through, cause mm-hmm. she brought our family to see us play it with the orchestra. She right. was like, I forgot. And we say this every year, how mean the kids are. Yeah. Still mean. It's still a little grating. I agree. That's like my only negative on this movie um, is like when you're watching it with your kids. Uh-huh. Like, okay, definitely don't say that. Like, I remember I was sitting with Chad, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. And w- when he says, get upstairs, dummy. Uh-huh. Or like when he calls his mom dummy. Right. He was like, oh, dude. Yeah. He was like, like, even then in sixth grade, he was like, dude, I would have been, mm-hmm. like, it would not have been good. Yeah, I would say there are two. The two biggest cringeworthy moments in this movie are nail in the foot, and when he calls his mom dummy. Yeah. Yep. Those That's two bad. things are the ones that I'm like, I can't watch. Right. <laughs> right. <laughs> Gotta look away. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so, I I think that you can you can make the case that they need to make him terrible. Yeah. Definitely. So that and they need to make him terrible to his family so that he has an arc, right? And he yep. you really buy at the fact this kid has grown and changed. Right. But something about John Hughes, dude, those kids are all the kids in his movies are terribly mean. Yeah. I, did he have some sort of like messed up childhood where everybody was mean? Was like, he in was he in a family that that was okay? Yeah. Like some families are just mean and they shrug it off. Right. Right. That was yeah. not the case in my family. If I had said, <laughs> I mean, we're, we weren't allowed to say shut up. Yeah, definitely. Like th- that was yep. 
that was a that was a top offense, you know? Right. But yep. and so when like Catherine O'Hara just like shrugs it off, mm-hmm. you're right. It's grading. <laughs> um, beyond be, besides that, I'll give you that. That's a that's a pretty good point. Um, I, I just think the the kind of mayhem, the packing, mm, the fact yep. that the the snow outside. Yeah. Well, I know. I'm I'm sure we'll talk about this more at length. But the score right away. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The the fact that the opening is just, um text on a on a black screen for a little while before mm. it fades into the house you just yeah. you just hear the score and see that sweet logo which we reference in our logo right yep right <laughs> um <laughs> and and just the build it builds 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 the the setup for them missing almost missing their plane works so much yeah. better than in the second movie yep so good like there's an outage and I don't know. Are we supposed to think that that's like magical? Also, the, like uh, yeah, like it it zooms in on the on the right. Santa. Yep. And like, there's a lot of mystery, like like into the into the opening of this whole thing, like in the music. Right. Like we'll get into it, but dude, this here, here's what I'm. I I'll just mention this here since we're mm-hmm. at kind of like the top of the movie. Yeah. This I would consider this music like Christmas slash Halloween. Oh, so it's kind of like, creepy. It's like because the like the instrumentation yeah. is Christmassy, like uh-huh. the bells, right? But like the slithering strings and stuff. Mm-hmm. I know it actually sounds more like a mystery movie. Yeah, when you think about it, which dude blew my mind. Been thinking about this. Yeah, Harry Potter uh-huh. score. Yeah, right? I was just like say this that whole when opening. You said slithering. <laughs> yeah, like slither, slitherin. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Another, you know, Chris Columbus, John Williams combo. Right. Or, dude, Nightmare Before Christmas. It's another kind of thing where it's like mm-hmm. Halloween Christmas. Yeah. Very similar. You know? You're totally right. I love it. Um, Spooky. The the only... the So, the other thing that I keep thinking about, about the setup of the first 20 minutes, are that not only does the 20 minutes set up well, that they can actually leave them behind. Yep. Um. Okay, I'll finish the sentence and then say another thing that I just thought of. The, okay. It also sets up ways that he uses the house at the end yeah. to defeat mm. the Boiglas. In particular, mm. the tarantula is set yes. up very early in the film. Wow. Then again in yeah. the, the middle. And then like T-Rex and Jurassic Park style, it comes back at the end <laughs> and saves totally. the day uh, for him one more time. So there's... There, there's this other entity in the house yep that is always kind of there and set up at the beginning and you forget about which is great foreshadowing you forget about it so that when there's a reveal at the end like the t-rex you're like oh yeah i was Dude, waiting that is, for that to show up again wow. that is brilliant okay we have seen this movie so many times mm-hmm. i have never thought about that until you said that that like you like but I, not that i never have but i guess i you know, like that, it comes back at the crucial time. It comes like it sli- it it scurries, but what is what is a scamper? Yeah, that's, what is that's a, perfect. Scurries, yeah. Spider do uh-huh. uh, a couple times, right? But then you do forget it, and then man, it's the T Rex. Brilliant. I forgot that sometimes you do get a shot of it just scurrying through the frame, mm-hmm. and you think, oh, that's the, you're thinking like whatever. It's just an interesting shot, but then when it right. comes back, you're like, this is what I wanted. The whole time. Yep. 
Yeah. It's so good. That's the little rat guy from from um uh Harry Potter. Oh it's yeah. That little guy, P- Peter Pettigrew. Peter Pettigrew. Maybe he is that spider. Yeah, maybe he is. <laughs> good point. <laughs> okay, this, this this one other thought I had in while I was saying okay. that sentence was I I think with the magic thing, I think yep. the reason why this one is better than Home Alone 2, which we can argue about and we do. Right. Um and you'll we did hear, a whole podcast. You'll, you'll, hear, you'll hear that when we do our clip show over Christmas. But okay. the, I think in the first one, you're supposed to believe that Kevin thinks he actually made his family disappear. Mm, he yeah. wished them away. Right. And in the second one, he just realizes I got on a different plane than them. But got it. he yep. thinks he, I don't know, killed his family. Yeah, okay, so that's kind of like a mystical element mm-hmm. to this movie. Again, that like having seen it so many times, yeah, I haven't really given much thought to, which made me ask the question earlier today when I was like walking around. Uh-huh. Um, did he like, okay, at the end of the movie, they come back, he's super happy. Yeah. Um, but okay, is then he like, they came back because of Santa. Right. You know, and and then is like, okay, the next day, when they've told him, we forgot you. Right. Does he, like, get majorly messed up? Well, he seems to be okay two years later, but it's like, no, right. you didn't wish us away. We left you. Right. We yeah, left like, you behind. Because that, I don't know, that's just an interesting conversation and probably took some therapy. Yeah. Like. Yeah, definitely. But you're right. In in Home Alone 2, he says, this happened to me last year and almost wrecked my Christmas. Right. Almost. So, and he seems pretty well adjusted. Yep. At that point, um, dude, my only minor plot hole to this mm-hmm. setup yeah. is he like what you said. He is such a bad kid. Mm-hmm. And um, they are like, you know, you know, you got to go to the third floor. Um, think about what we've done. Yeah. Um, I think that's actually a plot hole in that. How were they not like our worst kid <laughs> that we're always looking after isn't on the plane? Yeah. So, you know what I mean? Yep. Maybe what I mean is that they re- they did the absolute best that they could. Yeah, no, and, I'm just, and it, I'm and just it having really fun with... works. Like the right. ca- counting the uh, counting heads. Oh, perfect. Yep, perfect. He's just got the same hat on. All kids dress like that, and so he that the neighbor kid gets counted instead of him, and then immediately leaves. Yep, they did an incredible job of tying as many. Mm-hmm. like loose ends as possible 100 yeah. percent. i'm yep. with you I, I i just we love pulling this part of this movie apart <laughs> i know definitely. i hadn't thought about that one actually aaron thought of that one she's like he's the worst kid <laughs> like that's they would the one not that you, notice him yeah right you you dread traveling with that kid uh-huh yep i i wonder if also if there's some genius in the size the amount of people they're trying to wrangle Yep. And so this movie wouldn't have worked if it was four kids. And so adding two other right. families. There you go. That's great. Um, was a genius move. So that that's my first p- exhibit is that everything in that Love first it. 20 movie, minutes is so tight and it pays off. And there's like no wasted space in that mm. setup scene. Love it. You're absolutely right. Um, dang. All right, dude. Yeah. It's time. Okay. Here we go. <laughs> I've got a a LaCroix here. 
Yep. And uh, listener, you can't you can't see this, but he, he is reaching for his instrument. Oh, that's right. And I have a bassoon. <laughs> yeah. Woo. So everybody's expecting this. My exhibit B mm-hmm. is the score makes this movie. The score is what brings you back to this movie. The score was, as we said, nominated for two Academy Awards. Would this movie be bad without the score? Dude, I, the the luster that he adds. <laughs> yeah. He puts a sheen, a shimmer. He puts heart. He puts sentiment. He puts Christmas. And he tells the story, dude. I, I think that's. I think you're right about that. The story would not connect with itself or with yeah. the audience as well without that John Williams score. Right, right, right off the bat. Like we said, you've got Halloween, Christmas. Yep. Like spooky Christmas. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm just going to play a couple of these little light motifs. Yeah. So you've got like the house motif. Okay. Okay. So there's right away. You're like anytime, yep. like anytime you hear, like even when he goes down to the basement, dude, and he sees the furnace, uh-huh. it's and it's like a little version of that. Okay. Like kind of like a creepy version of that. Yeah. I never realized how spooky it is, but you're totally right, dude. Okay. Actually, now that you said that, uh-huh. Halloween, Christmas, right? Um, okay, I've got a couple, couple quick clips, uh huh, to play for you. Okay, so check this out. Here's a uh, little Home Alone. Um, I'm not afraid anymore. <laughs> right? Uh huh. Sure. Not afraid. You got Star of Bethlehem, mm-hmm. and then here's listen to this right here. Okay, so right there, that's when he sees the old man. Bum, 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 bum. Yep. Mm. <laughs> so there's, it's it's called the DS Ray. So the Day of Wrath. It's like super old, like 1200 or something. I mean, like, it's been around since before written music. Really? Bum, 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 boom, beep, boom, bum, bum. It's like Gregorian chant. Okay, yeah. Um, And it's quoted all the time by... People like Berlioz, Rachmaninoff. Uh-huh. Um, but dude, I was listening through Nightmare Before Christmas. Mm, Unbelievable. That's what I heard. Yep. Like, we have got to talk about that at some point. But check out this uh, in the overture, and it's all over the place, right? Yep. <laughs> so there's your DSE ray. Wonderful. Um, it it just adds the scariness. Now the nutcracker elements, I'm not even going to talk about. You will, audience, you will be... hear that in the in the clip show that we're going to release on Christmas Eve. Right. So you've got the main melody of this whole thing, right? Yep. Which is a beautiful, just kind of, um, you know, melody that is singing, that is sentimental. It's a song. So did he write that song? So I know it was nominated for best song and a Grammy. Did John Williams write that song? Because I think sometimes a song will be in a movie 
and then the composer will like reference it. But he wrote right. that song, right? Oh, this is hundred percent, hundred percent John Williams. Okay, and then Leslie Brickus or something like that wrote the. She was like his lyricist. Oh, interesting. So she did the lyrics for this and um, Star of Bethlehem uh, and Merry Bethlehem. Christmas. Oh yeah. Um, okay, so when we talked about from that that little thing we saw the the uh, movies that made us, basically they had a composer for this, Bruce Broughton. Right. He was double booked for Rescuers Down Under. And maybe they wow. went late or something like that. Okay. So, which is crazy because that he was supposed to write this score. Wow. Um, guess what? What? I love the Rescuers Down Under score. Really? I do. Okay. I actually really, really like that movie. Yeah. And the score rules. Cool. Okay, so <laughs> yeah. I need to go back and listen to that because it's been years. So the thing is, and I said this like way, 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 way long time ago when we went to see this with Chad, and this comes in. That's that house melody. Okay. Yep. House light motif, and I leaned over to Chad, sixth graders, and I was like, I bet John Williams wrote this score. <laughs> and yeah. right then. His name comes up, uh-huh. music by John Williams, and Chad says the line that will forever change my life, you're a musical genius. Wow. And then I said, whoa, thanks, dude. And like, that's what I mean is like that, mo- like I remember that moment crystal clear, dude, like almost wow. like a vote of confidence from my best friend. Right. Yeah. That like, you're good at music. That's nuts. So this movie has all sorts of layers of importance to you. Right, so I'm just saying, had that been Rescuers Done Under, that moment wouldn't have occurred. Yes. The, the picture starts to disappear. My right. right hand, you know, like, goes away. Just, then my whole just body. Your le- just your head, your Mickey Mouse sweatshirt is still on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, it's just the way that he scores this movie. He scores things as simple as um, Harry's tooth has a light motif. Really? Which is just one note. Bing. Like every time they show his gold tooth, uh-huh. it happens three times. Wow. Um, to um, the lights in the neighborhood. You know, uh-huh. like I love that little Blitting. scene. Yeah. He's like, and now this one. Blink, 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 blink. Um, By the way, lights got... don't lights don't go on every couple seconds. <laughs> like and eight fourteen, some of these lights go on. Usually <laughs> right. they're set on the hour or when it gets dark. Not right, like okay. Dude, everybody the- has a different minutes. Right. Yeah. My, my theory on that is that their timers are like not perfectly synced. Like this oh. is 1990. You had to set it by hand. There's no satellite time. So like he knew this one's 20 seconds after seven. According to his watch. And it all makes sense right. now. Yeah, you're right. Right. Yep. Um, And just basically just this score to me, mm-hmm. it's less brass heavy. And yeah. so much more woodwinds, like mm. reeds, yeah, uh, double like like bass clarinet, bassoon, contrabassoon, oboes, flutes, strings. So you um, played this score last weekend live, right? Under the movie, yep. right? The movie was playing. You played the full score through. Yep. Is that even something you notice in the orchestra? Like it's more string and woodwinds heavy, not much brass. Totally. Yeah, like if we're doing 
Empire Strikes Back or Jurassic Park. Uh-huh. They're like it's it's a brass fest. <laughs> okay, you know yeah. what I mean. Yep. And this one is they come in for cues here and there. There's a lot of horn. Okay, there's a lot of amazing French horn solos. Uh-huh. Um, dude, just two more um light motifs. I just want to highlight. Okay, they're really interesting. Mm-hmm. So you've got Kevin, kind of has this like, like the Luke Skywalker motif. Yeah. So. So that's basically Luke Skywalker. Amazing. Isn't that wow. crazy? That's, so and I like, heard I heard the fifth. Right? Yep, there's, and there's the fifth there. right there. Boom boom. Yeah. Oh, you'll be impressed. I heard another okay. one. Another fifth last night. We Ooh, were watching Return good. of the Jedi. We we're watching all the Star Wars is through before the Rise of Skywalker. Ooh. Yes. And when the Ewoks play their little horns. Yep. Like their little shofars or whatever to call yep. people into battle. It's a fifth. Ooh. Nice. Do we do we? Yep. Yes. It goes da 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 da. Dude. Yeah. That's oh, so, so great. Good. Yeah. So I was like, huh, there's another is. one. There it is. There's more fifths everywhere. <laughs> um, so, well, there's fifths in this. Yeah. The Star of Bethlehem mm-hmm. fifth. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. So, and then let me just play one more for you because it's just fun. Okay. So the bassoon gets so much fun stuff here. Yeah. Now, this is not a fifth. It starts with a fourth, but mainly it's based around... Um, kind of like he's just it's like it's like john williams is just kind of like sneaking around like a snake it's the wet bandits it's just it's the same thing that's amazing me in this movie as did in jurassic park which is I recognize all of those. Yep. Five, six leitmotifs, themes in one movie about yep. a kid yep. who beats up robbers. <laughs> I know. I guess that's why that's why this is my evidence, dude. Yeah. Is somebody came along and mm-hmm. didn't just like throw together a score. Right. They came along and told the story through one of the elements mm-hmm. of, you know, you've got cinematography, yeah. you've got props, you've got costumes, you've got screenplay. Yep. Every one of those is an element. This one, he puts so much thought into it and then adds that luster Yeah. that like, you know, like when Buzz was talking about in that interview, <laughs> the top three grossing movies of all time at that point, Star Wars, E.T., Home Alone. And the, the one thing, the one person that's involved with all those three is John Williams. So he also makes blockbusters. Yes, he totally. It's it. I and I think Star Wars and ET would probably be in the top two without John Williams. They wouldn't be as good at all. But right. But he put. This is just my opinion. He put yep. Home Alone up in into that top three. There you go. You're that's okay. You just took my evidence and then. <laughs> Put the put the John Williams effect on it. That's exactly what I'm trying to say. This movie would not work without it. 
okay. would not be the same without it. it. It put it into that category. It it almost seems like it's not worth us saying anything more <laughs> because exactly because yep. I I, th- I think it's a great movie made perfect by the score. Yep. And so there if, you go. If we had only one exhibit to give, it would be that one. Um, yep. But because we made these rules, I'm gonna give another one. Is that okay? Okay, great. Okay. My second piece of evidence, Exhibit C, is and this is gonna sound crazy, is Catherine O'Hara. Mm, okay. Uh, for a couple <laughs> reasons. One, I think she represents the casting of this movie and how perfect it is. Okay. Sounds like some of it they kind of lucked out, like with Daniel Stern left the project and came back. Right. Right. Joe Pesci. I have no idea why he said yes, but he did. Uh, yeah. Macaulay Crazy. Culkin, who they knew from Uncle Buck and kind of wrote the movie for. Right. Yep. Yep. So those are great casting and it all works. But I think Catherine O'Hara is so funny. Yeah. Just plays the kind of frantic mom with a lot of warmth. and You really feel yep. for her. Uh, I think she's better in the second one. That's one thing I love about, I I like more in the second one is Catherine O'Hara, even though her haircut is not great. (laughs) Right. It's so weird. (laughs) I'm always talking about people's haircuts, but that is a weird haircut in Homo too. But she plays the frantic mom even better, I think, in the second one. Um, Mm. But so she represents the great casting. It's so good. You can't see anybody else, even like Buzz. Right. There's nobody yep. else but that guy that could have played that yeah. part. Um, now, remember when they switched out the sisters? Yeah. Th- that there's one sister. Is like, Les Incompetents the, different? Yes. Les Incompetents is not in Home Alone 2. Like, she became like a big star. Oh. For a little while. Mm-hmm. Did some sitcom or she had her own show. Or, I feel like she. Yeah. So scheduling. Because of scheduling, she couldn't do Home Alone 2. I don't think it was scheduling. Maybe, she, well, maybe it was scheduling, or maybe it was like a Crispin Glover. Like, I don't have a big enough part. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> yeah, pay me more money. Sorry, you're fired. We're gonna hang you upside down instead. <laughs> Some other <laughs> right. actor. You're right. You're right. Now you know Crispin Glover still got paid for Back to the Future really? two and three. Yeah. No. Because way. they used his likeness in Back to the Future two, and. Somehow he worked. It it was like this Crispin Glover clause. They started calling it where oh my he still gosh. got paid for those second two movies. Wow. So he's like, the part stinks. I'm not much of a part of it. I'm going to get paid anyways. Why would I go to work? Yeah. Maybe Lace Incompetent struck, struck a Crispin Glover deal. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, she, she, she pulled a Crispin Glover because they used her likeness. That is crazy. Okay. It's a shame because Lace Incompetent is great. All of those kids yep. are great. That redheaded kid. Um, yep. Kieran Culkin is great. Uncle Frank is great. Yep. So good. Oh, man. How have we not even talked about Uncle Frank yet? Like, <laughs> it's hard. <laughs> We're not going to get everything. Even Uncle Frank okay. gets the shaft. Yeah. But at the same time, okay. Imagine somebody saying to your son, look what you did, you little jerk. Oh, my gosh. Even if it is an uncle. Yep. You can't do that. No. And when he says that, everybody's like, yup. <laughs> yeah, they are. Maybe they're like, he's the uncle that says says what every, everybody else was thinking. Dude, I heard an internet rumor mm-hmm. 
that one of the early drafts, maybe you heard this one too, um, was that Uncle Frank actually um, originally uh, paid the Wet Bandits to come and do this. Oh, really? Uh huh. So like they're gonna be out of the house. Uh huh. We're going on this trip. And so he's like in cahoots with the Wet Bandits, right? Yeah. Huh. <laughs> wow. And then he goes to jail at the end with them. Right. The um the the shoveler also hits him with a shovel. When well, he comes yeah. <laughs> Look what you did, you little jerk. Bonk. Okay, so the other thing that I think Catherine O'Hara represents is this like subplot, mm. which rounds the movie out really well, I think. You cut yes. away from uh, Kevin and the burglars to her trip home, which is very Plains Trains. Yep, totally. And Good so call. Plains Trains that John Candy's in it. <laughs> so you get yep. sort of this the the I think you get the best parts of planes, trains, and automobiles within yep. Home Alone. And yep. I don't know when that you know, they, they talk about John Hughes writes these scripts in a weekend, right? He writes right. them on Friday and he's done on Sunday. Like was that in yep. the original script, or did he realize it's just too much kid? Mm. And um I want to develop this other character, which is his mom. And so I'm going to cast yep. Catherine O'Hara, who is amazing. I think th- this is probably my top performance of hers. I love her and everything she does. But as Kevin's mom, she's Beetlejuice. the best. Beetlejuice is so good. She's so good in yeah. Beetlejuice. She's so good in uh, Waiting for Guffman. Have you ever seen that? Hmm. Christopher Guest um, movie about... Yeah, I think um, I saw that in college. And community I theater. Mm-hmm. Uh, that may be my top, but th- th- this is up there. She's so okay. good. She's so well utilized. She deserves the and in the billing. <laughs> I think. Uh, so that's my that's my second piece of evidence. Exhibit C, Catherine O'Hara. Dude, that is so great. You're right on where uh, the the story is so simple. Like really, this is a really simple story. Yeah. Kevin defends his house mm-hmm. against bad guys right um and his mom is trying to get back to him because he's he's home alone right um but somehow they made that trip just so like epic yeah and i also think it's so amazing it's it's like john candy is um john hughes is like muse right helping people get somewhere Uh (laughs) uh-huh you know like it's like it's like like neither person would have gotten home in planes, trains, or right. Home Alone without John Candy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and he got paid scale. Did you see that in that documentary? Yes, he, I saw. He got paid less than the Pizza Boy in that movie. That is, he was just doing John Hughes a favor. That's what happens so when you have powerful friends. I guess so. Yeah. Um. All right, dude. It's 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 uh it's about time, bro. Okay. All right, dude. So the arc is simple in this movie they need to get home to their son yep and then kevin needs to defend his house from these bad guys yeah um the character development from les incompetents <laughs> to as the trailer said home security system right that voiceover guy yep is uh so like it, it encapsulates what happens with with kevin McAllister. so the way i put it in my notes here dude mm-hmm. he went from Fear to fighter. Ooh. And that's my 
exhibit D. Huh. So he, he like starts out yep. as like, you know, I made my family disappear. Super duper excited about that. Yeah. Um, runs around the house, does the John Hughes trope of of a of a 70s or 60s like classic, um, you know, jazzy tune. Right. Yeah. Waving his hands the in the air. Yeah. Yep. Talking to himself, mm-hmm. talking to the mirror. Right. Um, straight from Ferris Bueller, you know, yeah, like totally shower. Yep. Um, getting like what what is it with john hughes like people getting clean or something like <laughs> he bathing <loves> showering <laughs> <laughs> right um but it's like this moment happens uh-huh where like the weight of responsibility kind of like falls on his shoulders right and it's at night uh-huh you know what i mean like all is well and then he he sees the shovel yep um he he hears the shovel again um, he hears the knock at the door, which is the cop, which is honestly, that's another plot hole because they just left. Stupidest part of like, the movie. I, it, that's super almost dumb. unforgivable is that the cop yep. is just like, tell her to count her kids again. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So he is, becomes a scared kid. Yep. He's scared of the furnace. He's hiding under the bed. He, he's hiding under the bed. He's. Scared of the wet bandits. Mm-hmm. But yeah. then the next day, he's okay again. Boo, bee, bee, doo, bee, boo, boo, mm-hmm. He gets a tree. Yep. Um, he goes looking for his his toothbrush. Yeah. Um, okay, but in the end, yeah, he goes from fear to fighter. Mm-hmm. He confronts his fears, right? He says, This is it. Yeah. Don't get scared now. Uh-huh. Um, and so three things, dude, where he got his confidence. Okay. His inner growth. Yep. He keeps, you know facing these fears he does some sort of spiritual seeking right right where he does he goes to church and this is where he actually confronts his fear which is old man marley mm-hmm. um and okay i'm gonna play this part on my bassoon so old man's marley's theme for this movie has actually been star of bethlehem really Like that's when he's outside. So uh-huh. like the the star of Bethlehem, like super mysterious and slow. Right. So then he goes to church. They sing that song. He meets old man Marley, mm-hmm. confronts that fear, goes back, defeats the dudes, and then in the end, old man Marley is the the hero. He's kind of he's kind of the T Rex from Jurassic Park, also, right? He yeah. Comes back so, and. <laughs> it's like it's like it has two t-rexes the old man marley and, and the, tarantula. the tarantula yeah um and then this is something that i had never thought of before had he not had he had he gone on this trip they would have robbed their house yep definitely and they all of their houses would have stolen all their money and flooded their house yep so like it was actually important that he stayed mm-hmm like he saved the day. He is the superhero. Yeah, and he he does he grows in that throughout the movie, right? He mm-hmm. there are there are times I, I think this kind of up and down thing you're talking about, like he's under the bed, then he's out again mm-hmm. in the world. Yep. Then he gets chased by the police because he stole that toothbrush, so he gets right. like super depressed about <laughs> it. <laughs> right. And then I think that's when he goes to the church, and then he's up again. Or at some point, he does like that thing with Michael Jordan cut out and tricks the robbers. He <laughs> right. he shows like some 
kind of gumption throughout the movie, but at the end is really when he's like, okay, I got to do this. Yeah, he becomes defiant. Mm-hmm. He's confronted his fears, and he's he becomes defiant. He says, I'm the man of the house. Uh-huh. I have to defend it. Yep. And then he is like a new man. Yeah. And so then he's able to go to New York and be totally great because he's <laughs> never scared. Uh, no. no, he's scared like what? He's kind of scared. No, he's not scared of that old lady. He's very briefly scared by the bird lady. He runs away and then stops and turns back right away. Yep. You're, he's startled right. by her maybe. And then yes. he doesn't let his fear control him. He, th- so he, he's reaching down at the depths of the man he became <laughs> in Home Alone 1. <laughs> yes. So Home Alone changes Kevin McAllister from yeah. Les Incompetents fear uh-huh. to warrior bro. Now, here's something interesting I'm noticing about our evidences. None okay. of them have to do with the part of the movie that almost everybody remembers. Okay. Which is him defeating like all the gross violent stuff, which right. is great and fun to watch. But I, I think what we're proving right now, if anybody, I mean, if you're listening close, what we're proving right now is that Home Alone isn't a perfect movie because of that part that everybody right. remembers. Yep. Stepping on a nail, getting hit by an iron. Those those parts are funny, but the reason it's perfect is because it's well-written. The casting is great. There's an arc to the characters. And then the thing that puts it over the top and onto the top three of all time, the score. Yep. Great. Totally. All right. Well, listener, now it's in your hand. Uh, we're going to put up probably pretty soon. Uh, well, today we'll probably put up a uh, a poll on Instagram. So you can follow us there perf- at Perfect Movie Podcast. You can go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com. Click on the vote button and vote there. Follow us on Facebook, Two Gomers. That's uh, facebook.com slash Two Gomers. We're going to put a poll up there. Uh, or you can even send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And then we will tell you in a couple weeks whether Home Alone is a perfect movie. Now, we've got some results that we want to reveal. Oh, my gosh, dude. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Tense. <laughs> we have our arrival <laughs> results to reveal. Um, oh, should we head man. over there? Yeah, dude. Let's do it. All right. Hey, it's me, a Chicago cop. I'm going to this. <laughs> I'm going over to this house and knocking on the door because they left the kid there. But I knocked twice and he didn't answer. Tell it to counter kids again and listen to listen to, listen to listen to feedback. You stupid idiot! I'm the cop from Home Alone knocking on the door. <laughs> that dumb cop. Tell them to count the kids again. <laughs> That's a better impression. You should be doing these. Okay, so listener feedback, big. Reveal, big results. Huge. Yep. Our arrival episode. That's three weeks ago now, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the results now. Yep. Here's, here, here, here's something that people probably need to know. We had a percentage conversation last night. Right. Uh, okay, so we were talking because okay, when I saw these poll numbers, mm-hmm. I was like. Is there an electoral college we can depend on or something? Because this is not going to make our list. And this stinks. Right. Because this movie we love so much. So mm-hmm. I was like, what is a D minus? <laughs> what can like, we like, squeak by with here? Yeah, like just fail. 
like you know like what didn't it, it was like 93 was an a and like 87 was a B. you know remember those whole I things i do it depended on the teacher right like some some teachers would do right. 90 to like anything in the 90s is an a i hated those classes yep. where they're like nope sorry you got a 92 you got a b sorry say mm. what yep. uh so you said what what's the percentage for a d minus and i was like <laughs> because I, that means it didn't fail right right so it's got to be in the 60s and then then we start having the conversation like well is a D minus a yes? So right. if the audience gives it a D minus, mm -hmm. I don't think I feel good about giving it a yes from them. There's three right. votes. You get a full vote. I get a yep. full vote. They get a full vote. So is a 51% a yes, a full yes from them? And I and then we realized, no, it's not. 51% doesn't feel not, good. That means half the people don't agree. Right. And so... Uh, we made a decision last night. Yep. You ready for this, Gomer Nation? Mm-hmm. The yes vote from the listener has to be over 75%. Wow. For the movie to get a yes from yep. the listener. Now, people can give us feedback on that. I think it's pretty fair. Uh, yep. uh We're setting the bar higher, but not yeah. unreachably high. Uh, yep. But but we want to make this a list that not every movie can get on, right? We want those aliens right. to be happy. It's making the list more exclusive. Mm -hmm. I even tried to say, well, you know, I live off of Highway 75, so 75 makes sense. But I was like, but you live off of Route 66. Right, and these were all very good so points and very valid. But <laughs> we, So we decided you live near Highway 75, so it should be 75%. Uh, yep. It's it's it just means that more than three quarters of the votes are yes, and that feels better to us than a fifty-one percent squeaker. Yep, I totally yep, I'm totally down with that. Okay, even though it means so few movies are going to make this list. So here we go, Arrival. Yep. You want to vote first? I'll vote second, and then we'll tell them the results of the listeners. Okay. Yes. Okay. So Anthony, I'm voting yes. Anthony gives it a yes. Yep. Uh, Steven, that's me. I'm going to say yes. I actually honestly think it's a perfect movie. Perfectly executed. Yep. I feel like it's a perfect movie at the end. I said out loud the first time I watched it. That's a perfect movie. So I give it a yes. All right. So yep. here we go. Listeners. <laughs> um, <laughs> just over 100 votes. Very split. I mean, at one point it was 50-50. Mm -hmm. mm -hmm. And it ended up 54% yes. Under our new rules. Even though yep. you and I are sad. This is the first time where I'm sad about this. I am legit <laughs> sad, dude. <laughs> but these, them's the rules. We made them. Yep. And we don't change them unless we feel like it. And <laughs> at right. this point we said 75%. So Arrival does not make it on the perfect movie list. So at this point, we have one movie still on the list, Jurassic Park. Yep. Which I feel great about. 90%, not, over 90%, yes, from listener. Yep. Um, now, the, the, the Few Good Men is not on the list. It fits with our new rules, right? I think A Few Good yep. Men was in the 50s. Um, I also voted no, so that's a no. And now right. Arrival is also a no. So our perfect movie list stands, Jurassic Park, at number one.
Alright, I'm super bummed about that, but I do feel very good mm -hmm. about the fact that we're like working with the nation on this. Yes. That that we're that this is collaborative and that they realize that we're listening. That's right. Like they have a say. I think I think we are men of integrity. <laughs> yep. <laughs> and we are sticking to the rules that we make and change every single week. <laughs> this yeah, but it's not uh the game from what was it, Big Daddy? I win. Right. Who's the kid in Big Daddy? It's one of the um can't remember. One of the twins from Zack and the Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. It's a Disney show. Okay. Oh, yeah. okay. See, it, I hadn't seen that. It might be both twins. You know what I mean? Okay. It might be them playing yep. that one role now that I think about it. Right. Um, okay. So that's a shame. I'm sad. Is there a point? Is do you think there'll ever be a movie where we're like they the the listeners say no and we're like, so what? Put it on the list. Yep. I, I think at some point we talked we were texting about that. Yeah. Um maybe there's like an overrule or a veto. Yeah. And like maybe we get like one of those or something. Or maybe we get like three of those total that sure. we share over the lifespan yeah. of the podcast. Um, I love Arrival. I think it's a perfect movie, but I'm not going to use that. Now, I want to honor yep. the rules we just made and the listener Good. feedback. Arrival yep. does not make it. Okay. Um, listener feedback. Christmas themed. We got a question mm -hmm. from Jackson. He asked, what is the best movie to watch on Christmas Eve? Man. So we watch a ton of Christmas movies, yeah? Right. Yep. But this is a very specific question about a very specific time, Christmas Eve. Is, is there a movie that you guys watch on Christmas Eve? See, okay. I was going to say we're around so much family at this point. Uh-huh. That like we don't sit and watch a movie anymore at that at that point. Right. You know, like you're usually in a multi generational mm -hmm. group. Yep. Uh, and so coming to and and then like you know going between families. Sometimes you're at one at Christmas Eve, then you're mm -hmm. at the, the other one the next year. Yeah. Or whatever. So it's hard to be definitive. If I was home alone. Uh huh. Yeah. Okay. With just just us three. Uh huh. Probably night they saved. Wow. <laughs> I am legit shocked. <laughs> you would no, watch okay, the night they saved Christmas. No, no don't go. Don't pull back. I like this answer. Just, just hold on. It, that that movie would be watched that day. Okay. Um, there would be so many movies watched that day. Elf. Okay. The girls would probably choose. Got it. Yeah, that's true. You're right. It depends on who you're with. So if just your family of four, it'd probably be something like Elf. Be Elf. Um, maybe while they were sleeping or while you were sleeping. Ooh, that's a good one. Yep. Love Actually. Wow. You're blowing my mind. <laughs> <laughs> now, you know I don't like Love Actually. That's why. Right. Yep. Um, I find it too depressing. And it blew my mind last year. Yeah, right. Um, okay, I have a tradition. Okay. And people are invited into it, and if they don't want to, I don't even care. This is the movie I'm going to okay. watch. Um, All right. So I, I always watch It's a, it's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve. Mm, nice. And that's because it functions as like a, also a 
year-end movie for me because it's so like, what even is life? Right. Wh- why? Why do I exist? Am right. I worthy of anything? What purpose do I have? And so, I've got to watch that. Well, I save it until Christmas Eve. I watch it. Um, it helps me process just lots of stuff. Got One of my it. favorite movies, period. Um, so that's my tradition. And often people will join me in that tradition, uh, especially as the boys have gotten older. They've learned to appreciate that. And they have favorite parts in the movie. So that's our tradition. All right. That's great. That's what they're watching in Home Alone, right? They are in French in the first one and Spanish in the second one. Yep. Yep. Okay. You know what? I'm going to propose that this year. Okay. Um, Because you remember there was one Christmas Eve Uh a couple years ago where the pacifier (laughs) ended up being the crowd favorite. Everyone's favorite Christmas movie, The Pacifier. (laughs) Wait a minute. Weren't you telling me that you were just listening to somebody who said Home Alone is not a Christmas movie? Yeah. Okay. So I was listening to Bill Simmons from Rewatchables from the Ringer Network. Yeah. And he was saying Home Alone is not a Christmas movie because it could have happened at any time. Okay. So so we we've talked about this before. What makes a Christmas movie a Christmas movie? And then remember the categories? Yep. Oh yeah. So so Bill Simmons says what was saying in this in this hot take <laughs> that um the only thing that makes it a Christmas movie is that it happens on Christmas. Right. And so then it could have happened at any time. I see. So he would he would also say that Die Hard is not a Christmas movie. That could happen right. at any time. Yep. All right. He was like they could have gone on a summer vacation. Okay, what do you what do you think <laughs> about this? Well, okay. So he was very snarky in the like he's super funny. I I love his podcast and right. his takes on stuff. Yeah. He was being super snarky and kind of argumentative on purpose kind yeah. of to be funny. Right. He's just being um, a contrarian. Right. Total contrarian. Yep. Um he like he said it doesn't make him feel Christmassy. Um and actually he was like way further towards the Charlie Brown of like Okay. Um He's like, Christmas to me is like, my wife says we have to do all these different things for these different families. He's like, bah humbug. Ah, I see. So actually, that's why I like It's a Wonderful Life on Christmas Eve, because it also Mm. is kind of a detox from all that stuff that he doesn't like. Mm. Right. It settles me into the true meaning of not only Christmas, but of life helps me kind of consider things and ponder them. Um, all that Got said, it. this theory about Home Alone is stupid. <laughs> it is obviously well, Christmas. Totally. I don't think it could happen any other time. Because what about those Christmas lights going on? Huh, Bill? Yeah. Hello. What about the sleigh bells in the score? Dude, you can't have that crap. What about Santa, Bill? <laughs> Giving Santa Claus a parking ticket? What's next? Blank, blank for the Easter Bunny? Oh, one of my favorite quotes from the movie. Blank, blank from the Easter Bunny. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. Chris Kringle a parking ticket on Christmas Eve. What's next? Rabies shots for the Easter Bunny? All right. Um, well, we just want to let people know what's coming up. Actually, let's do the contact stuff first. Dude, um, you know what? What? I would totally put Charlie Brown. Gotta watch that. Oh, on Christmas Eve? Yep. Great call. Redirect your heart. Yep. Totally melancholy enough because you're feeling that. Yeah. 
Um, a little bit. I'll throw one more out there. Muppets Christmas Carol. Mm. I love a Scrooge movie. I think uh-huh. that's... I mean... Yeah, okay, I'll say it. I think that's the best one. Hmm. And it actually happens on Christmas Eve. I like it when a Christmas Eve yes. movie happens on Christmas Eve. That's why I was thinking Night They Saved. The Night They Saved Christmas. Just in case people want to look it up. Right, which I'm sure they will. And you just convinced me that's a great idea for, for a Christmas it Eve happens. movie. It's gotta be happy on Christmas Eve and it's gotta be made with love. That famous song, gotta be happy on Christmas Eve and it's gotta be made with love. <laughs> Uh, that's the song that the elves sing in The Night They Save Christmas in an absolutely yep. insane scene. <laughs> totally. <laughs> um, okay. People, y- y'all can feel free to contact us, vote, or send us any questions like the one Jackson did. You can go to our website, perfectmoviepodcast.com. Follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash twogomers. Uh, go to Instagram, perfectmoviepodcast is our handle there. Or send us an email, perfectmoviepodcast at gmail.com. And please go to Apple Podcasts right now. We've got 95 ratings. Wow. Okay, we need to get to 100. That'd be a Christmas miracle. If we can get to 100 by Christmas, you leave us a review. I'm going to pull your name out of a hat. Well, I can't guarantee you I'll pull your name out of a hat, but I'm going to pull a name out of a hat. Yep. And I'll send you something special for Christmas from the Gomers. Sounds great, dude. All right, we got to give a couple shout-outs, a couple thanks. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jason Coy for our artwork. Yeah. Webmaster Adam Dilling, mm-hmm. Georgia native, or yep. Georgia resident, at least. Mm-hmm. Noah for the music. Yep. Um, also, John Williams for amazing music Yeah. that, you know, made this score, like, so good and stuff. We just got to gotta get, gotta thank him. Thank you, John Williams, <laughs> wherever you are. Uh, He's probably listening. Yep, totally. Uh, he's 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 up there with the with the Gomer Nation. I wonder if he has like a Google alert. Yeah, where anytime a talking podcast about, me. about a movie that he did, he listens. So what is that with the new thing where you can now search oh, in podcasts? I saw that. Yeah, yeah, like, I just saw that today. It's like an audio search. Yeah. So you could type in Home Alone and it would find any podcast that the words Home Alone were said in. Could that be it? I don't. Is is technology to that point? Oh man, kids these days with their audio like, searches. Should we just start saying words so that people find our podcast? Yeah, good idea. What 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 are hot topic words happening right now? Impeachment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, Search impeachment. You'll Christmas. listen to a Home Alone podcast. Great idea. Right. Um. Speaking of podcasts, you should check out our 11 Years of the Gomers. Two Gomers Run for Their Lives is our other podcast. You can find that on Apple Podcasts, on Spotify. You should start with our 10th anniversary episodes and then go back and listen from season one. We think you're going to love it. Speaking of that, we have a lot of stuff coming up before the end of the year. A lot of podcasts to release, a lot of work to do. Yeah. Gotta be ready by Christmas Eve. And it's got to be made with love. So our Christmas Eve episode <laughs> is here on this feed. Um, oh, wait, I can't get to that yet. There's stuff coming up before that. So. Oh, man. Um, on the Two Gormas Run for Their Lives feed, we are going to stick with tradition. Yep. We always do Christmas specials. And yep. so we are going to put out a Christmas special, and it's going to be the following things. Gomer Gift Exchange. Yes. Where we give each other presents. 
Gomer's favorite things. Yep. Where we talk about things we like. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and we're going to do a little bit of a year in review, how we've been doing in our health and running journeys. We're going to update you on that feed. So that's coming. Then here on this feed, Perfect Movie Podcast, we're going to do a special, two specials in a row. First of all, is The Rise of Skywalker a perfect movie? Wow. Okay. You just said it, dude. Yeah. You just said it. So audio just recorded that. Right. If somebody looks up Rise of Skywalker. Good. They just heard you say that. Yes. Good job, dude. Okay. Buzzword. Great. Um, we don't know if it's a perfect movie. We know as, we know as much as you do, listener. And so we are going to go right. see that movie, the final in the Skywalker saga, episode nine. Yep. Uh, and we are going to record a raw podcast, hardly any edits, the next morning and release it on the 21st. Oh, the Dude, 20th. Amazing. We'll release it the 20th of December. Yes. Then Christmas Eve on both feeds, we're going to put yep. a special out called Gomer Christmas Movie Chat of Go- Christmas Movie Chat of Gomer Past, I think I'm going to call it, which is a clip show from seasons one through five of the Gomers of us talking about Christmas movies. Wow. Uh, And that has Anthony's Home Alone dissertation about how it's just stolen from the Nutcracker. It's so good. Okay, I haven't heard that in five years since we did it, or eight years, or whatever. It holds up. It's so good. Okay. And a whole bunch of other stuff. And then, when the new year hits, we're going to do a one-word episode on both feeds. I believe we're going to put that on both. Well, probably just on the Two Gomers Run for Their Lives feed, where we talk about 2020 and what's coming, and uh, our kind of New Year's resolution episode, and then the first episode on this feed, Perfect Movie Podcast, in 2020, is the first episode we ever recorded. (laughs) Beta testing. Yep. Sleepless in Seattle is a perfect movie. Yes. Which fits perfectly with New Year's. I agree. Uh, So. The only better one would have been When Harry Met Sally, which ends on New Year's, right? Yep. So, maybe next year, bro. For sure. Let's let's keep it until next year. Yep. Okay. All right, dude. Well, I'm sure we got tons of hits because we mentioned When Harry Met Sally and Sleepless in Seattle. <laughs> Justin Bieber. That's that's cutting edge. Justin Bieber. <laughs> what about Frozen 2? Ooh. Did we just get a bunch of hits? I don't know. Yeah, we just, I, I just heard people uh, chime in and I heard a robot go like, beep, boop, 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 boop. Um, dude, I just got to mention one thing right at the right at the end here. Yeah. Um, dude, we were playing uh-huh. the credits yeah. the last time. Uh-huh. And dude, nonlinear time, bro. Ooh. Like heptapod style. I, st- I started like balling. Like I could I, I was feeling the language of the heptapods, which is why I'm super bummed mm. it didn't make our perfect movie list. It's all right. Even though in our hearts it's there. But dude, just listen just listen to these listen to these lyrics, dude. Uh-huh. Okay. Precious moments. Mm-hmm. Special people, happy faces. I can see somewhere in my memory. I can see somewhere in my memory. That's non-linear time, dude. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so like, 
Christmas is happening now, but when it's happening now, you're remembering it when it happened when you were a kid. Yeah. You're thinking about when it's going to happen for the rest of your life. Like mm-hmm. even like you just said, said, I'll always watch It's a Wonderful Life. Yep. And you'll be with these special people and there are happy faces, right? Yeah. Yeah. Precious moments. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's reminding me about when I almost lost it on the arrival episode. Right. Mm. And I thought yep. again, I have three Christmases left this morning. I thought this. Oh. I have three Chris. Oh I have three Advent seasons left with Noah at home, so he'll come home wow. from college for Christmas itself. Yep. But as far as December's, mm. I have this one and two more. And wow. so, uh, I I actually think what you're saying right now is helping is helpful. Hmm. Is to be able to remember that those. We're getting real sentimental here at the end of a Home Alone episode. <laughs> that the past still exists, right? Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I can be in heptapod time and remember those precious moments, special people. What is it? Shining mm-hmm. faces? Is that what it said? Happy faces? Happy faces. Happy faces. The cheesiest thing ever. And I'm choking up. <laughs> So I'm trying to learn how to be present more, but I actually, this is weird. This podcast says, help me uh-huh. be present more thinking about this kind of stuff because yeah. I'm realizing the importance of past and future, that it's valid. They're real. They're all now. It's great. I love it. Merry yeah. Christmas. Mm. So good, bro. Love it. All right, dude. Well, our next movie episode is the rise of Skywalker. I can't believe between right now and the downbeat of our next podcast, we're going to see Rise of Skywalker. Pumped. So excited. You're seeing an opening night? Yep. I'm seeing an opening night. Uh, I already got my tickets. Finally. Sweet. Me too. Yep. I'm all ready. Okay, dude. We'll have a great time watching the Rise of Skywalker. All right. You too, bro. Happy viewing.